from your own voice and without words on a screen and somebody playing a keyboard, man. Come on, can somebody just give God praise in this house today? God, we say thank you for your presence in this room today. We say thank you for Jesus. We thank you the, for the fulfillment of your promise, that you promised a Savior. You promised a baby that would come and change the world. And we are living today in the fulfillment of that promise. So today, God, we give you praise and we give you thanksgiving that you are a promise keeper, you are a way maker, that you are a good father. We worship you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. 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 Merry Christmas, everybody. Turn to the person next to you and say Merry Christmas. That's good. Merry Christmas. It's uh, only the 15th, but it feels like the month is over, basically, right? Man, it's good. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can look at this in Luke chapter number 2. I'm going to declare this to us. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. This is the best news you've ever heard. I want to say it again. This is the best news you have ever heard. That today, right now, we are living in the fulfillment of the fact and the truth that a rescuer came for us. I don't know about you, but today I am thankful that Jesus came to the earth. I'm thankful that he rescued me from the deep depths of sin and darkness. Is anybody else in the room? Let's just take a minute today and remember what God has rescued you from. Let's just take a moment today and allow the goodness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and just thanksgiving to overwhelm your heart today. Some of you, God delivered you from depression. Some of you, God delivered you from suicide. Some of you in the room today, God delivered you from deep, deep, dark patterns of sin and death and sickness and disease. He is our God and he is strong to deliver. He is strong to break chains of bondage. He is strong to bring joy and peace and everlasting goodness to your life, not just in the future, but right now. Jesus came to the earth. He was really born. He really lived and he really died. It doesn't matter what you believe about historically when he might have been born or what really happened. Some of y'all get stuck on the History Channel and read stuff on the internet and watch YouTube videos you shouldn't watch. But the truth is, it's always a good time to celebrate Jesus. No matter what you believe in context about that, it's always a good time to celebrate Jesus. And if this is the season when all of the world has their attention fixed on our Savior, why don't we give him our best? Amen. I'm thankful that he rescued me. In this season, it's so easy to get wrapped up in all of the stuff. You know, I, I went to, yesterday I had to get batteries at Sam's, and I feel like all of Conway was at Sam's yesterday. You know, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in the, the stuff of, you know, the, the, the gifts, and that's fun, and that's great, and, and 
the Christmas tree cakes, hallelujah, you know, uh, whatever your favorite, Joe's over here testifying, I said Christmas tree cakes, and he got touched by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but man, let's, let's lean in this, this Christmas season. I, I really feel an unction of the Holy Spirit stronger than, than in years past to believe this, that this truly is a season of the supernatural. That this truly is a season, in fact, of supernatural birth. That God wants to birth something in you and through you that is absolutely supernatural. Why do we need something supernatural? Because there are things in and around us that, that cannot be fixed with natural resources. And if that's the case, then that requires something supernatural to come. When Jesus came, the earth and the world and our future was in a point that we needed something supernatural to change the course of history. And he came. And he's faithful. Amen? And I love this, this passage of scripture in the Passion Translation, how that it says, a rescuer has come. Lord, really just put this on us Friday morning in the place of prayer. And I want to partner this with one of my favorite passages in Psalms. It's in chapter number 18, verse 16 through 19. It says, he reached down from heaven all the way from sky to the sea. He reached down into my darkness to rescue me. Come on, let's personalize this today. He took me out of my calamity and chaos, and he drew me to himself, taking me from the depths of my despair. Even though I was helpless in the hands of my hateful, strong enemy, you were good to deliver me. When I was at my weakest, my enemies attacked, but the Lord held on to me. His love broke open the way, and he brought me into a beautiful, broad place. He rescued me. Why? Because his delight is in me. Yeah. Come on, just lift your hands all over the room. <clears throat> Whitney, can you bring me that bottle of water? <clears throat> he rescued you because his delight is in you. Somebody in the room today needs to hear that he loves you and he delights in you. No matter what you feel like today, no matter whether you failed five minutes before you walked into this room, you need to know that while you were still yet a sinner, he died for you. That even though you don't have it together and you don't cross all the T's and dot all the I's, his grace is enough, his mercy is enough, his blood is stronger than your worst sin. And that he loves you in spite of all of that. Just because you make a mistake, it doesn't disqualify you from being a son. And he came and he sent Jesus, not because you got it all together and you did it all right and you, you made a, an A on the spiritual test, but simply because he loves you and he delights in you. That's right. So hear that today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give God praise and thanksgiving that he delights in you. Amen. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to bump around and, and jump around to lots of different verses today. The Word of God's already come forth. In fact, we had three or four messages. What were you on, five or six? <laughs> so I'll just add another one here today. And, and look, the Christmas season is, is an absolutely incredible season. And um, I, I want to encourage you and challenge you to take personal time to read and study and dive into the Christmas story this season. Not just with your family when you sit down and not just in church, but on your own in your personal devotional time with the Lord. Um, you know, there are, how, many, uh, how many gospel writers record the story of the birth of Jesus? 
I mean, really, it's two. I mean, they all talk about Jesus, right? But how many of them start the story with the birth of Jesus, right? Who do we have? Bible trivia. Now, come on, y'all. How many of y'all junior Bible quizzers in here? Y'all don't even know about that. Look, I remember when I was a kid in junior Bible quiz, they had those little cool suitcase things, and they pulled the little buzzers out of there, and we got to push the button. It was fun, man. Y'all don't know about that. We got everything online now today. Maybe we need to bring some of that vintage stuff out for the kids. They would be like, wow, this is awesome, right? Push the button. I get to buzz in. Right, so we see Matthew and Luke record the story, and, and, and you really need to read both because both of them bring elements of the story in that you need to read and see the fullness of the story um, because you're, you're seeing it from a fisherman perspective and you're seeing it from a physician's perspective. And, and it's interesting to put those two narratives together and read about all of the crazy supernatural stuff that happened around the story of Jesus. Amen? That, that you cannot separate Jesus from the supernatural. Whether we get comfortable with it or we get weirded out by it, the truth is you cannot separate Jesus and the supernatural. That, that we need the supernatural to happen in our lives today. And so I want to pull out three or four points from the Christmas narrative and pull out some points because I, there, as, I, as I've been personally reading this over and over again in different translations, in the Old King James and, and in the Passion Translation and in the New Living Translation, um, that there are three or four things that really stand out to me that, that I believe are points of interest in this story, but I also believe they are four points that we should ask and stand in faith and believe God for this Christmas season. Something I've been doing throughout this season is I've been saying, God, I want to have, in, I want to have supernatural encounters with you like, like Zachariah had. I want to have a supernatural encounter with you like Mary and Joseph had. Because if you can speak to them like that, why do I believe you can't speak to me like that? And I want the word of truth today to come and, and to break skepticism off of your mind and off of your life. Uh, whatever you've heard or whatever you've experienced that, that makes you skeptical concerning the movement and the reality of the supernatural, why not let the story of Jesus and the truth of his supernatural birth break those lies off of your life and then open the door for you to live in that same kind of supernatural activity? That, that if angels can, can visit these men and women of God in Scripture, why can't they visit us? I think sometimes because, um, you know, people tend to get weird when it comes to some supernatural stuff, that sometimes we completely close the door to that. But I, wanna, I want us to, for the rest of 2019, ask the Lord, Lord, I want, in, I want supernatural encounters with you. When I go to bed at night, I don't want to just dream about the president's team winning the president's cup, U.S. team winning the president's cup. Some of y'all don't even know about that. You know, dreaming about the days when the Dallas Cowboys were good. You know, <laughs> dreaming about what I want for Christmas. Man, when I go to sleep at night, I want to have visitation from angels. I want you to speak to me even while I'm resting in your presence. I, I pray that a lot over Harrison when I'm rocking him sometimes. You know, he's getting too big now. You really can't do that, you know. Uh, but, but when I'm doing that and I'm praying over him, I say, God, he doesn't even know what this means. But I pray you visit him in yeah. his sleep. I pray that he has encounters with angels. Yes. I pray that you baptize him in the Holy yes. Spirit even while he's resting. He doesn't have to know what it means. It takes childlike faith. Amen? Yes. Do it in me. And so I believe that we should ask God, stand in faith and believe for these things, these four points we're going to pull out today, to be activated in our lives during this Christmas season. The first thing that you see over and over again in the Christmas narrative is that there was heavenly communication happening. 
that in and around and all throughout this story, we see the, the message that heaven communicated to earth. Heaven communicated to God's men and women. And I want to tell you today that God wants to communicate with you. God wants to speak to you. He wants you to feel him. He wants you to know him. Some of you in the room today are sitting there thinking, man, I've never heard the voice of God. I mean, I've been in church and I've experienced worship and I think I've felt his presence. But, but what if today you had an experience and an encounter with him where you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you literally heard the voice of God? I believe that God wants to speak to us this way. I believe he wants to speak to us all kinds of ways. He wants to speak to you in all kinds of places. Sometimes God will come and speak to you when you least expect it. But, but I want to stir up today on the inside of you an expectation. We've already said that word. An expectation that draws an attention to the fact that God wants to speak to me. That's right. Sometimes God is speaking and we aren't listening. And, and so let's make a shift today where during this season we make it a point to listen for the communication of heaven. We see two or three ways um, in, in the narrative of Jesus' birth where that he spoke to different people. The first is that he spoke through angels. How many of you in the room have ever had an encounter with an angel? Don't be shy. You can lift your hand. Just raise your hand. Praise God. You know, I, I don't know that I really have or if I haven't. There's been some times where I thought it might have been. But if we look here in the story of Jesus, these people had an encounter with an angel and they knew it was an angel. Yeah. In Zechariah, in his, in his encounter in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel comes to him and he tells him that he and Elizabeth are going to have a son. Let's pick it up here in, in Luke 1, 18 through 20. We see that Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? Now, now listen to this story. Zechariah was just doing his duty in the temple. He was just doing what he was supposed to do. It was his turn to serve on the tech team, right? It was his turn on Sunday to be an usher, right? It was his turn uh, on Sunday to be on the worship team. He's just doing what he normally is supposed to do, and boom, all of a sudden, an angel appears to him. And I, I, I think I want to see an angel, but the more I read these stories, everybody that saw an angel got freaked out, Right? You know, I think we think of angels and we think of, you know, the little white angels with little wings and a little thing over his head and like, you know, floating around and waving his wings and stuff. But brother, when these folks saw angels, it must have been a sight to see because every time it says they were terrified, they were afraid. Read the book of Revelation and, and, and look what the beings in heaven look like. What if one of those came to visit you in your sleep? Right? And, and so... Don't be freaked out when something appears to you and it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. Sometimes we get tripped up and we get messed up when we ask God for something and then he sends it, but it doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like, so we dismiss it and we miss it. But this is what happens in this story. He's in there doing his thing. You know, he's just being faithful, just doing his duty. And an angel comes to him and he appears to him and, and he gets scared and the angel says, it's okay, I'm an angel, Right? Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? He promises him, you and your wife are going to have a child. They're way past the years of having children. If you read the story, you guys know this. For the sake of time, I'm shortening some of this. But he says this, I'm an old man now, and my wife is well along in years. And then the angel said, I am Gabriel. 
I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to you to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. What an incredible experience, right? And how crazy would it be for you to have an experience like that and then not be able to talk about it? Can you imagine him coming out of there and he's trying to talk and he can't say anything? Look, y'all got to read these stories and you got to put yourself in the story, right? Don't just blaze through it and be like, oh, it's Jesus, it's Christmas, hallelujah, give me a Christmas tree cake. Look, read the story and, and, and let your mind go there. Let your spirit go there. I mean, imagine him. He comes out after having a life-altering experience with an angel and he can't tell anybody about it. What would you do? Um, you know, like... How, what, how do you sign language that, right? And this is what's crazy, right? He comes out and he's got this promise. I'm going to have a baby. God promised me we're going to have a baby. I'm well, I'm well along in years, but God promised me. How am I going to go home and tell my wife, look, God said. Look, y'all got to read the story. Jesus came because the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary, right? But how was John the Baptist conceived? Right? Come on, y'all. Look, this brother goes home, and he's well along in years. He's seen an angel, and he can't talk. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Elizabeth is pregnant. <laughs> right? How did he go home in sign language? Um, the angel said. <laughs> right? Come on, y'all. This, this is funny, right? You can laugh. It's okay. This is not off color. We're not somewhere off in the ditch somewhere. This is in the Bible. Look, y'all got to read this stuff, man. I was talking to the, the youth group about this, and we were in youth leadership, and, and somebody said, no, 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 the angel and Elizabeth, like, no, man, read the Bible. He said, he had an encounter with the angel. The angel said, you're going to have a baby, and then the next thing you know, Elizabeth conceived. Praise God. Look, some of y'all men need to take this as a revelation. Maybe you need to be quiet. <laughs> Somebody's, oh, somebody getting touched over here. I see the Holy Spirit moving on these men. It's getting a, getting a revelation this morning. Christmas miracle. Some of y'all women are like, some of you women are like, man, I wish my husband would be mute for like nine months. That would be awesome, right? All right that's our comedic relief for the day. So we see the angel in the encounter with Zechariah. And, 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 and then, of course, we see Mary having her encounter with an angel. Luke 1, 26 through 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel once again to Nazareth, a village of Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. Once again, she's having an encounter with an angel. She's confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, be called the son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Amen. You guys know what happens with the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. They're out there just tending their flock, and an angel appears, and then a host of angels appear, and they say, man, I'm bringing you, we read it, it's the first scripture we read, we read today, I'm bringing you the greatest news the world has ever 
heard that on this day a rescuer has come. So not only did they communicate through angels, they communicated through dreams. How many of you in the room, God has ever spoken to you through a dream? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pay attention to your dreams. During this season, pay attention to your dreams. If you have a dream and you wake up and you think remotely possibly that this dream can mean something spiritually, write it down. Keep a journal. Write it down because the likelihood of you remembering your dream once you get up and start your day is not very likely. But you may miss an important message from heaven if you fail to steward that well. So we see God speaking through dreams. In Matthew chapter 1, um, we see the confirmation to Mary. Um, in, in Matthew 1, 19 through 21, we see, we see Joseph having an encounter through a dream. Because put yourself in the place of Joseph. Do we have anybody in the room today who's engaged to be married? Oh, Ben, all right, good. You can be the guinea pig, right? So, so what if Ben, engaged to be married, you know, he's, he's going to get married in March, I think, and, you know, his, his wife-to-be lives in Mississippi. What if she FaceTimes him tonight and says, hey, Ben, got a message for you. Got some news for you. I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> How many of y'all would be like, um... I've got a message too. I think, uh, I think the Lord's telling me that I'm supposed to marry somebody else because you're freaking me out right now, right? How many, y'all wouldn't probably be like, oh, wow, you're so holy. Praise God. You'd be like, you're weird. Pregnant by what? Look, I know that you can use an excuse, but don't blame God, you know, for what you did, right? You know, we, we do this. But, but imagine, put yourself in Joseph's place. This is what the Bible says. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. I mean, he's a man just like any other man, right? He's a believer, he's faithful to the Lord, but his fiance, who he hasn't had relations with, comes to him and says, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. This is getting weirder and weirder, right? But God is faithful to tell you what he needs you to know. The Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. So we see that uh, encounter in a dream. We also see the wise men um, who were come and, and they give their gifts to Jesus and Herod says hey come back and see me but God speaks to them in a dream and says don't go home the way you came don't go back and see Herod God speaks to them in a dream we see um, Joseph in Matthew 2 has, has another encounter in a dream where God tells him escape to Egypt for the sake of time I'm not going to read the verses it's in Matthew 2 escape to Egypt because Herod is trying to kill all the babies he's trying to kill the baby Jesus it's very interesting too um, that after Herod decrees this and kills all these babies it's interesting if you study it you'll see that shortly after he died a terrible death from a terrible disease we see uh, later on in the story that after Herod died, uh, the Lord visits Joseph again in a dream and tells him, go back. It's okay for you to go back now. It's safe. How many of you believe that God speaks in dreams? Yeah. Pay attention to your dreams. I had a dream two or three months ago. Uh, maybe it was earlier in the summer, uh, I think. I can't remember specifically. But it was this kind of odd dream, and, and it was a dream that we were getting a puppy. 
But this puppy was abnormally large. He was abnormally yellow, and he was very, very fluffy. So I was like, man, this is kind of weird, but I think it means something. And we were actually at the ramp at the time, and there's a man there that has an anointing of God to interpret dreams. And I told him, Whitney actually told him about the dream. And I had been having just kind of some different encounters with the Holy Spirit during that time. And he said that... He gave me an interpretation of the dream about what this means, what that means, that yellow represents the Holy Spirit, and what the dog meant, all this stuff. And, and it fell right in line with what was happening in my life. I didn't think it meant anything, but it was significant in about how the Holy Spirit was renewing a new sensitivity to him in my life. And so God speaks to you in dreams. Amen? God also speaks to you in signs. We, saw, we see the, the story where there, there's the star right? A sign in the heavens. They see the star. They follow the star to where Jesus is. The star stops right over where Jesus is. They see Jesus, right? God still speaks to you in signs. In fact, it's interesting, Whitney and I were talking this week about how that she is continually seeing the number eight over and over again. Like on her odometer, eight, 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 eight. Um, a bill she got at a restaurant, 88, 88. You know, just eight, eight, eight. And sometimes you need to pay attention to that and, and see if it lines up with what's happening in your life. That the number of eight is a number of new beginnings, fresh start. We're about to be in a new year, in a new season. And maybe God's saying, I want to do something new, give you a fresh, brand new start. You got to pay attention to these signs. Little things that you don't think mean anything, maybe God's trying to speak to you. Yeah. Amen? So we know that God does that. Number two, something we see in this story over and over again is that the characters in this story of the narrative of Jesus had an undivided obedience. That's right. So number one, let's believe God in this season for, for heavenly communication, for, uh, for, for God to speak to us. Number two, let's, let's allow this story to awaken on the inside of us the truth that we need to have an undivided obedience to God. Obedience matters a lot to God. I think in this age and this season that we're in, where, where, where really people um, feel the right to kind of just do whatever, wherever, however, and then just say, man, I can come and I can ask for forgiveness. Absolutely, you can. There is grace. There is mercy. There is goodness for you. But there is something to be said about being obedient to God. Because the Bible says, those who love me obey my command. And, and so obedience is a big deal to God. We read in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. The Bible says in Luke 1, 6, that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. They were careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. Nothing can separate you from God's love, but disobedience can hinder what he's able to flow through you. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 21, in a, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, in other words, if you stay obedient, if you follow uh, what God has laid out for you, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Somebody say amen. amen. In this season, I think we should look at the model of the people that God chose to use in this story and realize that there is something about obedience that qualifies you to carry the supernatural. That's 
There's something about being obedient to the Father that positions you, not just for the love of God, because nothing can separate you from the love of God, but maybe from the favor of God. Why did God choose one over another? What, what about Mary's life? What about Elizabeth and Zachariah's life positioned them to experience the supernatural in this way? And I believe obedience played a significant role in that. Number three, something we see all throughout this story is steadfast faith. Steadfast faith. We see modeled for us in this story of the birth of Jesus what it looks like to believe God when current circumstances and previous history are contradictory to his word. Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Bible says that, that they were well beyond childbearing years, yet they had not stopped believing God for this miracle. It, it's interesting that it says, we just read it, that they were careful to obey all of the commands and regulations. In other words, they had it all together. They were doing everything right, yet they still weren't able to conceive. Sometimes we do this in our own life. When, when we do things wrong, we point to those things as though this is why. Oh, man, I said that bad word, so this is why God's punishing me. I, I, uh, I, I looked at that thing that I shouldn't have looked at, so, so this is why I'm unable to have children. You know, or uh, when I was a teenager, I did this and I did that. And man, in my past life, I did this. And, and that is strictly and purely a lie of the enemy. Look at this, man. These people in this story were pure and righteous before God. They were careful to keep all of the commands, yet they still were unable to have children. Yet they never quit believing for the promise. They stood in faith that, that what if an angel came to, to you some of you in the room that are 70 or 80 years old, you never had kids and said, you're going to have children. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Put yourself in the story. But they had steadfast faith. It's interesting that, you know, I don't know how old they were in the story. We'd have to do some, some pretty deep digging to figure out their age. But well beyond childbearing years is the same language we see about Abraham and Sarah. How old were they? Right? So... I don't know how old they were when they got married, but I know people got married a lot younger in Bible days. So let's say they were, let's just say 17 or 18. Let's say even 19 years old. From 19 to 80s or 90s, they never stopped believing God that even though they haven't been able to conceive, they're still going to be able to conceive. What, what is it that, that God promised you that you've stopped believing for just because it hasn't happened yet? If God said it, it's going to come to pass. Just because you haven't laid hold of it yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just, maybe, it just maybe means it hasn't happened yet. So stand in faith. Let me ask you this question. What are you even believing in faith for currently? If I were to pass you this microphone and say, right now, what are you putting your faith on and believing God for? Boom. Could you tell me right off the bat or would you be like, uh... Oh, I just go to prayer and I pray God is great, God is good, let us think for our food, amen, you know, don't let the house burn down, bless my business, whatever. Like what are you really believing God for in your life that requires supernatural faith? And I want you to activate your faith today. Whatever you gave up on believing God for, let this story stir you to believe that God can do it and he will do it. Even if it doesn't look like it can happen because you're past the time that it was supposed to happen. You've been believing for 20 years, for 30 years, for 40 years, for 50 years. He can still do it. Yeah. Amen. 
steadfast faith. We also see what it looks like to say yes without knowing the outcome. I love this quote from Oswald Chambers. Faith never knows where it's being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Our father is a trustworthy father. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're living in today, come on, stir your faith. God is good. God is faithful. And you can trust him. You can believe in him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Some of y'all need to quit listening to yourself. You need to listen to the word more than you listen to yourself. You know, I heard a statistic that, that we speak to ourselves somewhere from nine to 30,000 words a day. I would say the men are probably on the nine and the ladies are on the 30,000, you know, whatever. But 80 to 85% of that self-talk is negative, according to psychologists. Be careful what you're saying to yourself. Amen? Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Listen to this. Then you will find healing and refreshment for your body and spirit. There's something that happens when you put your faith in God. There's something that happens when you put your full trust in God. In this story, we see Mary, we see Joseph, we see the wise men. We see everyone a part of this, this narrative being willing to put faith on the experience that they had. Some of you have had experiences with God that if you were to share them today, they would blow our minds. But there was a disconnect from the kind of faith that causes you to act on that encounter. Some of you, God, have spo he's spoken things to you. He's whispered things in your ear. And because you maybe doubted a little bit that that was really God and really real, there was never the kind of faith that, that put things into action because we know that faith without works is dead. It's one thing for God to tell you, go to that person on aisle three in Walmart that has a cast on their left hand, pray for them, and God's going to heal their hand. And then it's another thing for you to go to Walmart, go to aisle three, find the person with the cast and say, hey, can I pray for you? Right? And so the kind of steadfast faith we see in this story is the kind of faith that believes no matter what the circumstances look like, and, and it propels you into a place of faith action. So today, let's begin to believe God for, for this kind of faith. Brother Otis, if, if you'll come help me. You can trust God enough that you can surrender control to him. That's right. Some of you in the room in this Christmas season are just kind of worn out and tired and worn down because you're trying to control everything. You're, you're trying to take care of everything. You're trying to figure everything out. And how can I make this work? And how can I make that work? And, and how can I do this? Look, stop. Just stop and trust God. Take your hands off. You know, it's like just, just quit fighting it and, and let him do it. Amen. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy enough that you can surrender control. In fact, you'll be better off if you do. Number four leads me to our last point here is that 
what we see, which I really feel like this is, this is the, the meat of the message, is that we see what it looks like to totally surrender to God. Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, Elizabeth, the, the characters in this story, they model for us what our response to Jesus should be. We see it in Luke 138. Mary said, read it in the old King James because the language is stout. Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. What do we sometimes say? Be it unto me according to your word and my request. Be it unto me according to your word and the way I'd really like it to, to play out, right? Be it unto me according to your word unless your word leads me to be a missionary. Be it unto me according to your word unless your word asked me to give every dollar in my bank account. Be it unto me according to your word unless your word tells me to fast for 40 days. Be it unto me according to your word unless your word tells me to turn my cable TV off and cancel my Netflix account and log off all social media. Right? We, we do this, man. We, 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 we think we're really committed and connected to God. And, and, and I think most of us for the most part are. But the truth is there's only one way to follow Jesus. And it's total surrender. It's complete surrender. It's I surrender all. It's I give every part of me to you. I'm not willing to hold on to anything of the old man. And, and you know what, Jesus? I'm willing to just put myself in your hand, make myself vulnerable, and say whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, whatever it feels like, whatever it means, my response isn't, I don't know about that. Why did this happen? I can't believe it. It's yes. It's yes. It's a simple yes. And today, man, this is the model that we need to follow in this season. As you read the story of Jesus, as you read the narrative of the birth of our Savior, let the spirit of this unresounding yes get into your spirit. Before we get into a new year, as we close a, a, a good year out, let's, let's end it saying yes to God. Let's end it with total surrender to the Father. Look, some of you maybe used to be fully surrendered to God. And now, you know, maybe you're not. It's okay. You can totally surrender to him at any moment. Unrestricted surrender positions you to carry and birth the person and power of Jesus. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to hear this today. That Mary carried Jesus she birthed Jesus. Jesus lived on the earth. He died. He rose again. And now because of Jesus, we've been adopted. And we have been qualified to carry and to host the Holy Spirit. Just like Mary carried and hosted the very Son of God.
So my question for us today is how are we responding to the invitation to carry the supernatural? How are we responding to the invitation? And, and I think that our response today should be an unresounding, unrestricted yes to Jesus. Well, if you would just stand with me all over the room and just lift your hands to the Lord and I'm going to pray over us and then we'll take a moment to respond in worship. But I want you to remember these four things today as you go throughout this Christmas season and as you read and you study the message of the narrative and the story of Jesus. Let's believe God for heavenly communication, for undivided obedience, for steadfast faith and for total surrender. God, I pray today that as the message and the person and the spirit of Jesus intersects our life into the even deepest parts of our heart and our mind and our spirit, that today we would truly respond like Mary responded and say, yes, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, wherever it takes me, wherever it leads me, I'm willing to say yes to you. Lord, I pray throughout this season that, that, that everyone in this room, with their families and with their friends, they would have encounters with the heavenly kind. That they would have dreams and visions and, and encounters with the realm of heaven. I pray, God, that you would give us great faith. You would give us a desire to be obedient to you and that, and that we would truly live and model what it looks like to total, totally surrender to you. We love you, and we worship you, and we honor you. And we say thank you for Jesus. We're always thankful for Jesus, but especially during this season, we are so thankful for Jesus. We worship you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. now just do that if you're coming back to Jesus maybe you've been a little mediocre lukewarm come on come to him come on just raise your hands and receive him blessed Savior my Savior. Repent of my sins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ryan, for that message as you live this week. As you live in the Lordship of Jesus and Jesus being the Lord of your life, expect the supernatural. He will not disappoint you. God bless you and bless your house. We'll see you Wednesday night at 6.30. Don't miss it. Invite somebody for next Sunday. God bless you all.